I want to tell you a story about how my faith became real to me. I want to tell you a story about how uh, I, I wandered away from my faith uh, when I was in college. When I went to Indiana State uh, in 1992, I graduated from high school in 92, and uh, I was going to go to ISU, and I was going to party. That was me. I was ready to party. Uh, I was going to have fun. I was going to have fun. Uh, I was going to drink. I was going to stay out late. I was going to do all the things. I was going to party. That's what I wanted to do. Never mind the fact that I was supposed to be going for an education. Never mind the fact that I was supposed to be learning a skill or a trade. I was a theater major. I don't know if that counts as a skill or a trade. Um, It does. Um, It's amazing how God can redeem the past and how God can use different experiences in your life to get you to the point where you are now. Because being on stage when I was a little kid was terrifying. When I was a little kid, my parents tell me that I sat, that we would have little programs at church and I'd be on stage with my fingers in my mouth going, come a long way. God used theater training and acting training and stage presence type things to get me to the point where I am today here on this stage. Uh, It's just amazing how God can redeem things and and use things in your past to get you to the point where you are today. That's neither here nor there. Um, I was ready to party. I was ready to have a good time. I was ready to live it up. I was going to, I had been raised in the church my whole life. I mean, if I had a pulse, I was at the church building three, four times a week. We, uh, my parents were the uh, janitors at our church in Crown Point, uh, and so uh, they were youth sponsors. I mean, I really lived at First Christian Church in Crown Point. I was there all the time. And when I got out of high school, I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I want to live it up. I I had purposed in my heart that I was going to be the prodigal son. I was going to. And and so I decided I was going to do this. I was going to live it up at school. Um, I was was just going to wander away. Not even wander away. I was just going to walk away. I didn't want to go to church anymore. And so I go down to Indiana State. The first weekend, it's, it's, it's like orientation weekend. I'm getting ready to, to start classes, and, and I'm moving into my, my dorm and everything like that. And we go to church at uh, Maplewood Christian Church uh, in Terre Haute. Uh, and uh, I meet <clears throat> Mark Gallagher and Sue Gallagher. They are the campus ministers at Indiana State for the Christian Student Fellowship there. And I met them like, oh, we hope you'll come check out Scamps. It was called Scamps House. Serving Christ alone means personal satisfaction. Uh, so I, we hope you'll come check out Scamps and everything. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, whatever. All right. Um, I, I decided, I promised my mother I would go check it out. It's funny how God uses things, right? How God does things in your life. Because I go on a Wednesday night. I went to the scams house. I went to church there on a Wednesday night. And I was just like, I'll check it out. I made a promise to my mom. I don't lie to my mom. So I'm going to go to church. So I go to church Wednesday night. And there's this girl. Guess who never missed scams again? (laughs) It's funny how God uses things, right? It's funny how God uses things. Um, So I kept going. I kept going. I kept going. I don't even know where the girl is now. Um. And it doesn't matter, right? Right. So, um, so uh, I decided that I was going to keep going and keep going and keep going. And, and sure enough, God gets a hold of my heart. It begins to transform me. It begins to change my life. 
And no longer are the things that I wanted to do even appealing. Uh, instead, I want to be a Christian. I mean, uh, like a sold-out follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to Bible studies. I'm going to church on Sunday mornings. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a leader in the campus ministry. Just two years prior, I was like, I'm done with my faith. And now here I am, like uh, one of the pillars of our Christian student fellowship. I was like, people were like looking up to me. It's like, if you had only known. So I'm, I'm, I'm there, and I, made, I was uh, an RA at Indiana State, uh, I was an RA, a resident assistant. I had a, uh, a, a, a dorm floor that I was in charge of, 40 freshman boys. After two years of that, I had had enough, <laughs> as one can imagine. So I decided to quit. I, I'm not going to be an RA anymore, and I'm going to move off campus. I'm going to get an apartment. I'm going to get a real job, and uh, that's what I do. I move into this tiny little uh, uh, apartment in Terre Haute, um, and I decide that I'm going to get this real job. I'm working two jobs, I'm working at Radio Shack, and I'm a server at the Outback Steakhouse. And, uh, you know, I start working real late nights. I'm getting off 1130 midnight, I'm, you know, and, and I'm tired. I'm not really tired. I'm wired. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not really uh, able to go home and go right to sleep. So I start hanging out with all my friends. And there, of course, there's only one place open at 130 in the morning, and that's the the, the bar down the street so I'm hanging out in bars and clubs now and, and it's too late to, to get to bed and I, it's too early to get up and go to church on Sunday morning and all of a sudden I'm just drifting away from my faith again and it wasn't anything intentional like it was going to be when I first went to college but it was, it's just kind of like this, this subtle drifting away from my faith a couple months pass and now all of a sudden I'm making really poor decisions. I'm making poor choices. Um, I, I'm, I'm spending a lot more time, like I said, in bars and clubs. And I'm spending a lot more time drinking and, and partying uh, than I am even thinking about God. And, and it's just kind of ebbs and flows away from my faith. And the next thing I know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm living a completely and total prodigal lifestyle one that i had never intended well actually i had intended three years three and a half years before but but then it's now it's like how did i get here and god starts tugging at my heart saying you remember me and and i'm just i'm 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 starting to to wonder you know what do i believe and and where am i going and what is my purpose in life and what am i supposed to be doing and why am i living in this terrible apartment in Terre Haute, indiana what am I I'm, I'm working all these hours uh, uh, for $2.13 an hour. Just so you know, servers make $2.13 an hour in the state of Indiana. So I'm making $2.13 an hour, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting tables, and I'm just, I don't feel fulfilled, and I don't feel like I'm close to God, and God feels like he's a million miles away, and, and it's me who moved. It wasn't him. And I just don't know what I'm going to do, and I don't know where I'm going to go, and I don't know what to do at all. And I'm living this party lifestyle that is not fulfilling. It leaves me empty. I wake up every morning with regret and shame and guilt. One night, I remember I'm in my car and I remember this is the day it all changed. This is the night it all changed. 
I, I, I had driven home from being out of the bar really late. Um, I, I don't know if I, if I had been pulled over, if I would have gone to jail or not. I, I don't remember that. But what I do remember is I had a, C, a CD playing in my car, my 1991 Mercury Topaz. And I had a CD playing in the car. Uh, and it was a, a Christian CD by the band New Song. Uh, this is like way back in the day. Uh, and and they had a CD called From... Uh, um, I can't remember the same name of the CD now, but I remember the song that was playing. And it's a song called From This Moment On. It's a song about when somebody comes to faith in Christ and the difference that Jesus makes in their life and how he is going to never leave them, abandon them, forsake them. And from this moment on, you are his. And the words are playing and I'm, I'm sitting there listening to the words of the song and I'm holding on to the steering wheel and all of a sudden the tears come to my eyes and I start crying and I start, and then as the words keep going, as the song keeps playing, the, the, I, I start crying more and more and I, I, my body is racked with sobs and I'm just, I'm literally weeping at my steering wheel as the song is playing. I want to read the words to you through the course. It says, from this moment on, from here to forever, he will carry you safe inside his love. He has promised you he'll never forsake you. You'll never be alone from this moment on. From this moment on. And it was at that moment that I realized that how far I had gone and I could hear the Father calling me from across the desert of, of my life and saying, you can come back home and you'll never be alone again. From this moment on, you can come back home. That despite my unbelief, despite my disobedience, despite my faithlessness and my unfaithfulness, he was calling me back. Even though I had wandered away, even though I had drifted away, he was calling me back. That in his faithfulness, he was calling the faithless one. He was bringing me back home. And tears of repentance filled my eyes and, like I said, sobs just racked my body. And I just heard those words over and over again. You'll never be alone from this moment on. Come back home, Sean. And I did. It's a decision I've never regretted. I started going to church again. And then I ended up getting called into ministry and here I am, 18, 19 years later. Maybe that story isn't quite your story, but maybe it's close. Maybe it's close to your own story. A story of disobedience, a story of disbelief, a story of unfaithfulness and faithlessness. That despite you, where you once were, you've wandered, you've drifted, you've fallen, you've strayed and 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 maybe you today hear his voice maybe you hear him calling out to you faithfully crying calling out your name and maybe you're thinking i don't deserve this i don't deserve to come back home i don't deserve to be forgiven because of what i've done i I was once there and then I've wandered away and now I've gone to where I want 
do what I want to do to be where I want to be, and, and I just don't deserve to come back home. That because of my own faithlessness, I don't deserve to be with the one who's been so faithful to me. In the book of Hebrews, which we're studying on Sunday mornings for the summer, in chapter 3, we read about the faithfulness of Christ. We read about how Jesus is a faithful and merciful high priest. I want you to grab a Bible. If you brought yours, great. If you didn't, it's on page 847 of the Bible in the chair in front of you. Page 847, Hebrews chapter 3. And in Hebrews 3, we read, uh, there's two Greek words that are very interesting. In the Greek, when you want to take a word and you want to make it, make its opposite. If you want to um, make it negative, you just add an, an alpha, or an, an, it's the A. You, you add that to the beginning of the word. And, and there's a word that describes Jesus in Hebrews 3, um, in, in verse 2. Uh, it says, uh, he was faithful. He was faithful to the one who appointed him. Uh, it, it's a continuation of chapter 2 uh, in verse 17. It says that Jesus might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Therefore, holy brothers, we'll get into that in just a second. But we see this word faithful. It is the Greek word pistos. And and it's this word that describes Jesus' faithfulness. Now, when you want to make a word negative, when you want to do the opposite of that, you add an alpha, you add an A. It, it's the Greek word for unbelief. It's the Greek word for unfaithfulness, and it is the word apistos. And we see this word later on in Hebrews 3. We'll get to that in just a second. So we have faithfulness versus unfaithfulness. We have faithfulness versus disbelief. Faithfulness versus unbelief. And we're going to see this morning how we... As faulted, frail, failing followers of Jesus can be so unfaithful. Yet Jesus is the merciful and faithful high priest. That Jesus, even when we are faithless, Jesus is still faithful. We'll talk about this this morning. Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6 as we begin. Therefore, holy brothers, who share in the heavenly calling, because Jesus was tempted in every way, because he has called us his brothers, because he is not ashamed to call us brothers, because we are part of his family, we are called into his family. Therefore, holy brothers, who share in the heavenly calling to be part of his family, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house, if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. That Jesus is faithful. He is faithful to forgive. He is faithful to intercede. He is faithful in all things. Jesus is faithful. 
he compares Jesus to Moses and saying that Jesus is greater than Moses. Now Moses is, was considered great. In fact, he was considered probably the greatest figure of the Old Testament because God gave his law to Moses to give to the people. And Moses, as the deliverer of the law, was considered perhaps the greatest servant of the Old Testament. And so what, Jesus, what uh, the author of Hebrews is saying is that Jesus is even greater than Moses. Because Jesus is the one through whom all things were created. Jesus is the one through whom all things were made. Jesus is greater than even the giver of the law, Moses. He is superior to Moses. This sermon series that we're going through is called Jesus is Greater. And it's, we've seen how he's greater than the angels. He's greater than us. He's greater than Moses. Perhaps the greatest figure of the Old Testament. So Jesus is greater than Moses because Jesus is the one. Uh, Moses was a servant of God, the author of Hebrews says. But Jesus is the son of God. And as we saw in chapter 2 last week, he is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. Rather, he welcomes us into his family and makes us his brothers and sisters. Let's continue. Hebrews 3, starting verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, this is quoting from Psalm uh, 95. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation, and I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I have declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first, as has just been said. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. That word, the opposite of faithfulness, that unbelief, that faithlessness caused the children of Israel to not enter into the promised land. The author of Hebrews is telling us to stand firm. He is telling us to steadfast. He is calling us to stand firm and stand fast and hold to the faith that God has given to us through his son, Jesus Christ, the one who died for our sins so that if we will put our faith and trust in him, we will be saved from our sins. We must hold firm to our faith we must hold firm to our hope we must hold firm to our courage as he says to hold fast to our faith to not give up but rather to encourage one another while it is called today see that is the 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 point of this whole thing is that we are to encourage one another to strengthen each other to help each other in our moments of weakness to help each other in our moments of disbelief, to help each other in our moments of unbelief, to help our, each other in our moments of faithlessness, to hold each other accountable. That's what I needed when I was wandering from my faith in Terre Haute. I need someone to come alongside me and smack me in the back of the head and say, come on, man, let's get this together. 
Where are you going? Why are you wandering? What are you doing? I had no one. I chose to isolate myself. But there were people praying for me. And so maybe that's what you need to do. Is you need to be an encourager to somebody who is wandering. An encourager to someone who is straying. An encourager to someone who is uh, drifting away. I just want to speak to a couple of groups of people for a minute. First of all, my teenagers. I know where you are. For my teenagers who feel the pressures of their peers, who feel the pressures of their friends to give up on their faith, to walk away, say, you know what? That youth group stuff is stupid. That church thing you do is dumb. That, you know, unless you can prove it to me that God exists, I, I, don't, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in your God. I don't believe in your church. For those of you teenagers who are feeling those kinds of pressures, encourage each other. Encourage each other to keep coming to, work, to youth group, keep coming to worship. Encourage each other to read your Bibles. Encourage each other to stand up together. You're not in it alone. That's why we have things like youth group. That's why we have fuel. So that you can stand together and to encourage one another. I want to talk to my young people, my, my young uh, single friends who are wondering, you know, what is God's plan for me? And I don't know that if I should just give up on this faith thing or if I should give up on the hopes and, and dreams of having a relationship. I don't know if I should just give up on, on God altogether because he doesn't seem to be hearing my prayers. He doesn't seem to be answering my prayers. And, and I feel so lonely. Don't give up. Don't give in to temptation. But rather stay faithful. Don't take a shortcut to a relationship. Stay faithful to Jesus. And we need to encourage, as a church, we need to encourage our single brothers and sisters to let them know that we're there for them and we, we want to help them, we want to strengthen them, uh, we want to help them not make those poor decisions that sometimes young single people make. They do. I did. For moms and dads, who are feeling the pressure of being a, a parent, especially the parent of a teenager. We need to encourage the parents in our church. Dads, you need to encourage your wives, and wives, you need to encourage your husbands. You need to, dads, you need to take the spiritual leadership in your house. When was the last time you prayed with your kids? When was the last time you prayed for your kids? When was the last time you got the Bible out and said, hey, let's, let's read a, a little passage of Scripture. Let's talk about what this means. There's a great uh, email I get every day from uh, a website called allprodad.com, allprodad.com. They send me a devotion every day, and there's a little huddle-up question. It says, get together with your kids and ask them this question tonight. It's a great way to start conversations of faith with your kids. There's also one called, I believe it's imom.com, imom.com. And it's a great way to, to, to start those spiritual conversations with your kids so that you're teaching them the, the essentials of our faith. So that you're teaching them to how to stand firm and how to stand fast. That you're encouraging your children in their faith. And finally, I want to talk to my senior saints. 
You know, we have a wonderful ministry here for our, our senior saints called our Elderberries Ministry. We have a wonderful woman who's in charge of that. Her name is Melissa Rothschild, and she does an amazing job with our senior saints, encouraging them and, and helping them in their faith, strengthening them uh, and keeping them going uh, when life gets hard and things get difficult and, and life gets uh, maybe a little bit lonely, especially for our widows and widowers. Melissa does an amazing job with our elderberries, helping them not give up, helping them to stay faithful. And that's really what this whole thing is about. This whole passage is about how Jesus is faithful. And, and the good news is, is that even when we are faithless, Jesus is still faithful. Even when we are faithless, Jesus is still faithful. That we may fall away, we may wander away, we may stray away, we may drift away. Yet Jesus is still faithful to call us back. He is faithful to uh, redeem us. He is faithful to forgive us. He is that merciful and faithful high priest. That talks about in chapter 2 how he serves uh, us by serving the Father at the right hand of the Father. And he is merciful. Meaning that we don't get what we really deserve. Because we deserve death. We deserve hell. We deserve eternal separation from God. That's what we deserve because of our sinfulness, because of our wandering away, because of our straying away, because of our drifting away. That's what we deserve. But that's not what we get. We get mercy and forgiveness. We get grace. We get this wonderful gift of eternal life because of what Jesus has done for us. He is our merciful and he is our faithful high priest that even when we are faithless even when we are we dis when we don't believe even when we turn away even when we wander away and we stray away and we drift away even when we are uh, unbelieving jesus is still faithful faithful to forgive faithful to call us back and i don't know about you but i know that that's what i need that is exactly what I need. You know, you may think, well, Sean, you got it all together. You may look up at this stage every week and go, man, I, I wish I had it together like Sean. We have more in common than you could possibly imagine. Because there are people in this room that I look at and go, man, I wish I had it together like him. I wish I had it together like her. I know my own weaknesses. I know my own faults. I know my own faithlessness. And there are days, my friends, when I am faithless. When I am unfaithful to my God. There are days when I am just a total and utter clod. And maybe you have those days too. So let me tell you, folks, we are all in the same boat. Grab an oar and let us... Listen to the voice of Jesus, our merciful and faithful high priest.